Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. Today on the Ether, the Gelato Series 2 Artist Talk. Let's take a listen. Good evening. Hey, Troy, how's it going? Now we're like overlapping with our own poker games. Are we going to show up? Well, you know, I assume people listen to us while we play poker. Uh, that's what I usually do yeah, you, when I'm playing a good game. You don't need any concentration to play poker. Really? I feel like I check it. You know I'm called GG. If you don't play a hand long enough, like it beeps at you, usually during those like two seconds, I'm like, shoot, what do I do? And then I make my decision. Yeah, if you're taking more than two seconds to make a decision, you know, you're probably playing poker wrong. Like those people who on principle wait until their green bar gets three quarters of the way down before folding or checking because they say, you know, in poker, you're supposed to like never fold right away, always like wait, you're contemplating. Like it's online poker. Just click the fucking button. Like I've had the whole time watching everyone else bet. To decide what I'm going to do. I just click my thing as soon as it gets to my turn. Like, I don't get the whole waiting on principle stuff. Yo, some people, like, literally, like, uh, there's definitely been a few hands uh, recently I played in where, like, people wait until the very last second, super intense. It does make those moments more rewarding sometimes, but I agree with you. Sometimes just too much waiting in poker is terrible. Yeah, I don't feel more invested. I just get bored. I'm working while I'm playing poker. Daniel, are you there? Can you hear us? Yep. I just don't want to interrupt you. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I know you have a strict cutoff at nine. So since it's eight o'clock, we'll get started. Goody versus Batty uh, team will be joining us later, you know, maybe within the next 20, 30 minutes. I figured we can go to general gelato update, shoot the shit and kind of see where we land. Quick aside, talk about NFT teams. I was just like, you know, shitting around on Twitter and apparently like Maria from Women from Cosmos, she and one of her partners do like, a series of like uplifting, keeping it real, mental health talks and stuff. Like this is amazing. How have I not been sitting in on this? Wait, but what happened? Like, I feel like I totally like, missed like that. Maria, women from Cosmos, her and her partner do like a bunch of like uplifting talks about anxiety, confidence, mental health check-ins and stuff. Like, how have I missed this? I should be listening in on all of those. I actually didn't know about that. That's actually pretty awesome. I, I know. I'm gonna go like listen to all the recordings or something. Like, I, there's so much going on on the internet. You know, just you can only see a small sliver. I'm trying to like imagine Daniel leading these talks about anxiety and like what not to do. I'm like anxious every day. It's mainly mainly self-induced anxiety. Yeah, my stress level is through the roof. Like work dumped a whole bunch of crap on me for Q1. We're trying to take a vacation for spring break. We have my daughter. So, you know, I have to get everything done by March 13th. I'm not quite sure how it's going to happen. Probably a lot of nights and weekends. That's what you got to do, man. Where are you guys trying to go for vacation? Just, we're driving down to Pensacola, Florida. We're going to um, hang. We, we have um, my wife's best friend and her husband. They're two kids. We're all going to share an Airbnb and just chill out, do beach and pool stuff. Nice. Sounds incredible. Well, Airbnbs are nicer, cheaper in hotels. I can go to the local grocery store, buy stuff. I can cook the whole time. It's pretty much my ideal vacation. You know what's kind of weird? When Airbnbs like, first came out, they were like my full like hotel replacement. Every situation... 
I preferred Airbnb. And now Airbnb kind of feels like a hassle to me. If I'm going to a conference or something like that, I'll stay in a hotel. But if I'm going on a homey trip where we're all just hanging out, then in that situation, Airbnb makes more sense. Well, there are these like commercial Airbnbs, like they're really just someone's condo that they never stay at. And so essentially, it's like a hotel. There's a gym, there's restaurants nearby, like the places has like maid service and stuff. So it's not like a, a, someone's house. It's like like a hotel, but just like Airbnb rules and prices. So, uh, Troy, are you saying we should or shouldn't buy Airbnb stock? I don't know. I mean, Airbnb is such a such a grab bag. Like it's like like the worst and best things about franchises. Like everyone runs their own Airbnb. Some are some some are terrible. Some are excellent. I don't know. It's, it's such a grab bag. You know, I remember like- many years ago we had a four twenty trip. Daniel, Brett, a bunch of other friends. We stayed at a place in Colorado, in Boulder, and the lady there was so cool. So we mainly went there for a Snoop Dogg concert, and we found out that uh, the owner was also going there. She's like, yeah, so here's a couple of joints for you guys if you guys want to take it with you. Like, She was like so down to earth, but I've also had like super horrible Airbnb people too. That, that Airbnb, it had a, a, a swimming pool-sized jacuzzi. The entire pool oh, was yeah. a jacuzzi. And it was so loud that we just had to shout at each other the whole time that, that we spent too long in there. Um, but it was pretty, it was pretty amusing. And, uh, that was so a good I, I got to ask then, um, were the girls in this trip? Did anybody get laid the jacuzzi? Oh, no, you're the uh, dude trip, nope. man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we just went there to be degenerate. And it's with, it was me, Riz, and, you know, other guys who were always, always talking about what we can do, you know, on the internet, you know, what are we going to build? And, it was kind of a group built around, you know, uh, tech, tech projects and stuff. So we went there and we hiked and we smoked a lot of weed and they, these guys, they ordered like, a, you know, 50 pounds worth of insomnia cookies. Like at, I don't know, four o'clock in the morning, some poor schmuck had to like take them all the way over to our house and deliver them to some sketchy, you know, guy opening the door so late. And, but by, you know, they ate them all, you know, I, this is a, I think the only reason why that happened is because that was my first time really dabbing. And I guess a group was dabbing too. And dude, I had like super munchies that entire trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, well, there's a So it's about 7.05 mm-hmm. now. We've stalled long enough. Have you been typing in the background okay. there? You know, staking is the house done. Um, just kidding. Just yeah, kidding. Well, we're, we're doing the raffle yeah. thing this week, right? Oh, well, I thought you just wanted to introduce it. Yes. Yeah, so, no, it's not done. Not yet. Um, Rizby, you want to introduce yeah, that? Yeah, I guess we jump into I was going to talk about the raffle tool first, but I guess we could talk about staking as the house. So Daniel and I did a lot of brainstorming about ultimately what we want staking as the house to be and how to make it really scalable and potentially even, like, you know, incentivizes our users to, like, you know, put their funds in to, you know, allow other people to use it. So what we kind of thought about is basically a liquidity gaming protocol. So what we initially want to do is build staking a staking of the house in a way where we can basically plug it into all of our games. So dice, slots, even think about lottery, you know? If you start off for a lottery game where the house is able to buy X amount of tickets and if they win, goes back to the users. If they lose, it comes from the house. You know, we want to be able to, you know, plug into this new protocol that we're building for all of our games. Kind of think about it as liquidity, uh, you know, LPs, but for games. Mm-hmm. And the ultimate hope here is that eventually, once we've added enough guardrails, made it easy to use, we want to open this up to other game makers. So if you come into the world of Gelato or some other place within Cosmos, like, hey, 
I have a really awesome game idea. Let's say a dungeon crawler game with some aspects of betting or whatever, but you don't really have the funds to like attract people. You should be able to hook into this gaming protocol and basically allow, you know, our users to interact with that game. So, you know, I know that there's a lot of things we definitely need to figure out, like how to keep the games fair, make sure that, you know, the right amount of profits are going back. But basically we're thinking about it in a way where we want to make this something that others can leverage, not, not just gelato. And this way, you know, we feel like if we were able to do this pretty well, this will give you know, the GLTO token a lot more use case. Yeah. I mean, it is a, a smart contract. And if we design the, um, the protocol, you know, generically enough and provide some basic documentation about how other developers, you know, can hook into it, then by all means, you know, we should, you know, it's going to be really exciting to do that, you know, just, um, well, of course, we want to work with other teams to kind of verify the odds that they're telling us their games have, you know, so we don't allow just anybody to plug this into anything that loses a lot of money. Yeah, know? my, my concern with third-party games is, you know, like somebody whose code we're not personally reviewing could, you know, either unintentionally or sneakily put something in where their odds of winning are high, right. they can drain all the money from people staking. Like, right. we have to pretty thoroughly review third-party code. Mm-hmm. I think the way we sort of will go about doing that is ultimately the goal of Gelato, as we said from the very beginning, is to build cool games, build code people can use, and show people the possibility of gaming on blockchain. And the way we see ourselves in the long term is by allowing people to come in, use our framework, use our uh, tools, and basically build games on behalf of Gelato. If they get voted in and people like it, they go to mainnet, the creative get a royalty cut, so when we do roll out something like Staking of the House, and let's say we make it something other people can use, you'll probably have to use our like framework to make it sort of work. You know, after we sort of get that type of adoption, maybe in the future we can think about how can other people use this without having to use our framework and tooling. But maybe that's kind of how we initially safeguard it. So you can still build whatever cool game you want, but you still have to like abide by all our checks and balances yeah, and stuff like you know, letting third parties leverage into our pool that is an absolutely amazing idea as long as we can verify everything is secure and safe and well coded and all that like i mean mm-hmm. that's, that's exponential growth versus us just building new games and letting people play against our house like if third parties can hook into our pool like that's amazing that's all kinds of income for people who are mm-hmm. staking as long as it's done right but that that's just like v3 for us isn't it like V1 is we just let our community stake their gelato and make a dice game, make sure it works, let the whole world play, maybe maybe not egg because it'll win all the money. And then like V2 mm-hmm. is we add more games, you know, improve the functionality. And like, you know, V3 down the line, be a year from now, is like third parties can hook in as long as we can verify they're safe. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons why I kind of said at a high level sort of think about this as like a liquidity pool, but for gaming, because eventually we want to find a way for other people to use different assets. But maybe behind the scene, somehow it goes back to people who are sticking GLTO in a way, almost like, you know, a stride protocol type situation. But yeah, a lot of details to figure out, but ultimately kind of happy that we landed on this type of vision that, hey, well, yeah. kind of want to build this something just not for us, but eventually anyone who can tap into it the same way any project today could tap into osmosis. We kind of mm-hmm. want that, you know, that gelato gaming liquidity provider to do the same. Well, I, I would just say that the um, staking of the house and all the respective games that could be, all the different games that could be built, they're they're separate. You know, uh, the house staking, the liquidity, the gaming liquidity protocol that Risby is describing is 
kind of like a standalone thing. On the back end, when we create a dice game that leverages this, it's going to be a dice contract and the staking, the house staking contract, and they're going to communicate. So the house staking, the liquidity, you know, pool, so to speak, is like its own module. So the only difference between now and what you described as, you know, step three down the line is just which game contracts are plugging into this module. So at first it'll be us, but if we start working with other developers and, you know, using Gelato to, as a platform to, uh, you know, help other developers build out their, their blockchain games uh, and release them on our platform, uh, those could potentially hook into those. The third step, like you said, would be other completely independent entities, you know, looking into it. But even then we have some, you know, security, uh, you know, we have authorized, we have some, you know, auth mechanisms in place that would allow us to, um, you know, control who can do what, in, you know, namely who can tap into this uh, protocol and who can't. So um, in, in reality, as soon as we have this module out there, anybody can plug into it you know it's just a matter of when so um yeah, yeah. and then basically us allowing it and you know what maybe initially we need to sort of gate who can use it you know if another mm -hmm. project wants to leverage this taking as a house gaming liquidity you know provider thing we're building maybe we need to review their code work with them and if you feel comfortable right. comfortable we you know give them access to it but maybe we also enable things like rate limiting to make sure that if new projects are being onboarded, they can't just do something crazy and drain the entire thing. And, and Riz and I have been talking uh, more and more lately about um, trying to make inroads to the universities here in New York. And because um, I know there, you know, I, there are plenty of students, uh, both, you know, undergrads and, and graduate students who are kind of really interested in this kind of stuff in, in blockchain uh, technology and smart contracts. And, you know, um, it's kind of a, trending subject matter right now and um you know there are professors out there who are also interested in it yeah there, and, there was that dude from um, the texas yeah. blockchain whatever who like want, had that big expensive yeah. Edmos proposal and got voted down and i reached out to him because mm -hmm. he's in austin but like he never got back to me to lunch date i wanted to like see if we could hire mm -hmm. all of his like students or something i mean we can reach back out to him you know that the more students uh we can get in front of you know potentially we could find people who are interested in writing these, like writing some of these games and we could work with them and mentor them, you know, so they're, they're benefiting individually as well, you know, and um, if we do that, you know, I can provide them with all of the automation and tools that I have at this point for building the smart contracts and for running them and for testing them and for deploying them to mainnet for deploying them to test net and so on. Just, there's a lot of like, you know, plumbing and, and wiring up of things that has to happen in addition to just writing the code. And so like, that's a huge overhead and that's what, you know, people have to, to kind of conquer when they're getting started in, in, into something or something. And, and so we call blackjack yeah. last, because as soon as we have blackjack coded, my productivity is going to go way down. <laughs> um, no promises there. Um, I mean, it depends on what one of these eager students is uh, interested in. But I, I would say that, you know, we could probably, you know, the more people we have writing games and there are a lot of simple games out there to be made, you know, in terms of like just the complexity of the logic. Um, 
I'm pretty fast at this point, or at least I'm, I'm pretty decent at doing the front end uh, side of things, user interfaces for the games. And so if we had people just like working on various games, you know, that would help a lot you know, on the blo- on the smart contract side, because I could then plug it in and I could work on the front end for them, you know, so it kind of, it helps pipeline the whole development process where there's always something's happening at all these different stages. And that would just, I mean, I haven't, you know, we haven't even begun to think of all the different games and even take one game, take, and you can imagine like so many variations of that, you know, and, and each one could have, I'm just saying there's like an infinite possibility of things to build both simple and complex. Um, but anyway, at the end of the day, this like liquidity providing uh, gaming liquidity providing a tool that this is house staking, you know, that's something that other more complicated games, I just uh, you know, thought I'd mention this, they could hook into it as well. Like if there's some agency out there working on some kind of immersive, you know, um, massive uh, multiplayer game, you know, something, uh, something that's web, a web three game, but isn't like a web based game those two could hook into this as well, you know? So th- there's a really big like potential, uh, you know, market or, or user base for this. Yeah. Um, and I really like that idea about like the house buying mm-hmm. like a house, like the house wallet buys a bunch of lottery tickets and then the house lottery tickets win. Like we roll over like, you know, the pot like we usually do, but then like also mm-hmm. like the, the yeah. house wins. So we get a, st- a share it out and staking at the house. That's like a good idea actually. But that never really come to me. Cause you know, I, I picture our, our lottery pot mm-hmm. as something separate cause they're, not typically July yeah. tokens, but that's a good idea. The rolling lottery. So, so this, this year is not a leap year, is it? Mm, I don't know. I actually don't know. Why do you ask? Because uh, uh, um, if not, then like in six days, we're releasing our next NFT series, aren't we? We are on Thursday, but before we go to uh, Gelato Series 2, since we're talking about game development, Daniel, do you want to just give us a quick update on the raffle lottery uh tool or the nft lottery yeah. raffle tool and then from that yeah, yeah yeah i've been working on some uh for those of you who don't already know just i've been working on some front end uh some i guess nft raffle uh system for for the gelato app you know it's going to be you see the uh you see an nft and you buy tickets and eventually the uh the create you know the the the, the raffle creator um ends the raffle picks a winner and then the uh, nft gets transferred you know and so um you know the the contract itself is tested i've been so i i've been i don't even know where to where to start with this there's there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes but the 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 high level the contract is ready to go i'm just right now starting to um uh build out a little bit of some of the basic functionality needed for us to create the raffles and for them to show up on a, like a, a listing page on the homepage uh, for the app. And um, so it's like this secondary stuff that I'm currently working on um, just to get the, just to make it visible on the, on the site. Um, <clears throat> you know, so. Um, but it sounds like the hardest part is yeah. done. All the blockchain stuff is done. I know you wrote a shit ton mm-hmm. of tests and you sort of verified everything's working with supposed to. Yeah. So and I the guess. UI looks really pretty too. Oh yeah, definitely. The yeah, so, um, you know when you when you create an, like a, a normal web app, um, usually you use uh, you you there's some program running on the server that's the back end called the back end app, and that's connected to a database. And when 
And the database is a, a SQL database. You may have heard of that. It's uh, you can ask a SQL database to give you, you know, give me all user email addresses uh, sorted, you know, alphabetically, or you know, you can you can ask it for data and to have it be sorted and organized in all certain certain all kinds of different ways. Um, and then you know, then you could, then the back end sends that to the web browser and displays all of that data. But what we're trying to do by keeping all the data on chain, you know, we don't get that functionality. We're not hooked into a database. So even that most primitive functionality, like change the 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 the, the way that it's sorted, you know, sort by most recently uh, used or sort by you know most active lottery or the biggest pot or something, we can't do that out of the gate. So we had to write, you know the smart contracts that will like act somewhat provide us some of the functionality that a database normally would. And in order for the, the front end website to be able to go to that, go to the blockchain and say, give me all raffles uh, using the, uh, you know, Juno token, or give me all raffles for um, uh, Skelly and you know, Skelly's NFT project, you know? Um, so, I, that's like thousands of lines of code, uh, you know, right there. That's kind of behind the scenes. And this week I was basically just writing a lot of more code to test that code. So there's a few thousand lines of code to test the code. And so I've just been in this like deep, dark rabbit hole of, you know, backend development, uh, getting all the stuff working and tested and ready to go. And so I'm right at, I'm right at the threshold of like, building now not putting everything in place releasing it all on mainnet and you know having it having our team start to like create some lotteries and or i mean some raffles yeah but but hold the phone there so like you Mm -hmm. have made juno able to essentially perform the functionality of an sql database well kind of limited functionality it's it's kind of like a hybrid of to get all technical it's like a hybrid between a sql database and a uh, a, a NoSQL database, uh, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, like fr- from this point going forward, whenever we create a new kind of uh, game contract where there'll be many of them, like currently each lottery has its own, is its own contract instance. When we have dice, each dice game, maybe, I don't know for sure, you know, each dice game will be its own contract instance. If we have betting, each bet will be its own contract. You know, so we need something to keep track of them all. And so this, like you're saying, is going to be provi- the thing that provides us this basic reusable functionality to say, give me all, you know, give me all bets that are on sports. Give me all bets that are on um, the subject of, I don't know, celebrities or something. Or give me the most, you know, the, the bets with or get sorted by the highest pot, you know, um, pot size to the lowest. Yeah, so, you know, so whatever mm-hmm. database-like functionality we need, as long as the yeah. data is flagged correctly, now you you can make mm-hmm. Juno behave like a database. Yes, and so holy shit, man! But you know there there has to be like there it's a it's a it's an agreement between the contracts. So, for example, the raffle contract inside of its source code, it it has to do certain handshakes with this other contract that is acting as the database for it. You know, so it's not like there's still some integrate manual work that you have to do when you're creating, writing the contract code for them to, for these two contracts to work to work together, but it's the best you can do it, I think. Yeah. So like whatever you're, you're inputting has to have the right 
flags or tags or whatever. But I mean, like, if you do that right, then it'll be accessible like a database. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Here's the other part, too, is like, one thing maybe we're not even thinking about that's going to be possible with this type of architecture is when Osmosis integrated Mars Protocol, because lending protocol is not really something they want to do in the U.S., it's not available on the main site. But someone was able to take the Osmosis front end, deploy it on AkashNet, basically created like a decentralized Osmosis. Everything's fully on chain, no dependencies, and boom, now anyone can use Mars Protocol from anywhere. I feel like the same thing will eventually be possible for Gelato, is yes, we have the gelato.io site, but we should someone could be able to take our front end, deploy to AkashNet, or anywhere, you know, and basically have all the games accessible. So I think this definitely makes Gelato a lot more resilient and Thank you for, for sort of building it with that type of architecture in mind, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, before I was doing Gelato, or actually at the same time, initially I was working for a company. They had a blockchain, um, you know, application. They were working at the time on, on Solana and um, Ethereum and Bitcoin. But they, you know, they and many people, they opt for a so-called hybrid approach where they, they have smart contracts, which have their own copy of the state of things like the data like i don't know balances and all the various data structures that pertain to that contract but at the same time that data is like a copy of it is kept in a, in a database and so they do that for a lot of reasons you know for speed of the of, of the user application because it can go to the database instead of going to the blockchain and they could do all kinds of organizing and sorting you know uh, of that data, but it leads also to a lot of complicated problems, like keeping the blockchain data in sync with what's in your database. And that is no easy task. There are all sorts of really subtle, uh, you know, like nitty gritty, like just bugs that can happen and hazards that are extremely difficult to, to debug. So, and at the same time, if you have the data in a database and your front end, is connected to that primarily. Um, if your database or your back end goes away, you know, so does the front end application. You can't use it anymore. Just the smart contracts exist. So, like Risby is saying, like you know, you know, everything for us is currently kept on the chain. You know, so like he's saying, if we if we deployed our front end code, which is the kind of the JavaScript that you interact with when you use the, the website, you know, to AkashNet. Um, then it's 100% on chain. You know, there's not a single dependency on any of our servers or on any database. It's just its own autonomous network of contracts all interoperating with each other to produce like the end product that you actually use. So, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's really cool. Like it's, it's a new doing blockchain, like trying to do general purpose application programming just purely on chain is a new thing. And it, it's like, People have different opinions on its feasibility. So it's really exciting to be able to kind of have, you know, take the position that it's, that it is feasible and to be able to pursue some architecture that proves in some capacity that it is. So um, I'd like to see more, like more teams and projects out there take a similar approach um, because this is like super amazing stuff. Like it's not flashy. Your average gelato user is not going to see any of this. He's just going to like wonder when is this new stuff coming out that I can use? Like it's not relevant to like a front facing user, but behind the scenes, like this is some really huge stuff. So 
I'm going to do mm-hmm. my part and keep losing my, my poker chips to people as quickly as possible and try to break my record each game. <laughs> and so I can keep people entertained. But um, yeah, keep coding this cool shit, Daniel. Yeah, and thanks for giving me a, like a little platform to talk about it on. It's uh, it's all really kind of, I, I lose myself in the details and I and I don't, you know, um, I lose others as well. So um, yeah, see, I'm kind of on the cusp. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm half like coder, half normal human because I don't code, mm-hmm. but like I do patent work. So I vaguely understand just enough yeah. of this to be dangerous and not get it. But like also to like kind of taste how cool it is, like, like general coolness stuff. This is like super useful to everyone who knows how to code and like completely irrelevant to everyone who wants to make money in crypto and doesn't know how to code, you know? So like, it's, yeah, like, yeah. So like crypto people, trust me, this is cool shit, but like, you know, coders, wow, you know, they'll be impressed by this. You know, and, and the thing is like, what I was talking about before about this contract that will let us do this basic functionality of, of sorting games by different criteria, you know, that in itself is useful not only to us, but to anybody who has any kind of DAP in which their users or they themselves are creating lots of instances of contracts, you know, and they need to display them on their website in a listing form, in a grid form, in any kind of way where they need to let users browse those things. These, this, this, this kind of technical contract that I'm, you know, internal contract that I was talking about is extremely useful because it's a, it's a standardized, you know, tested systematic and efficient way of, doing that that other developers don't have to invent themselves or a hard code over and over and again in every individual game contract that they create so and that's something you never think about like you know i'm going to spin up a token i'm going to give it 80 percent apr staking reward here's my tokenomics here's mm-hmm. my pitch for the network but you never think like when people code smart contracts they're going to need a command to look up all contracts that have this particular trait like you know mm-hmm. no one's actually coded that yet you're starting with a completely blank sheet of paper yeah exactly well we could definitely keep talking about all this crazy stuff daniel's doing i'm really happy that this is the direction we're going but since we're at the halfway point i want to save the second half of the show It'll be all about nfts gelato series 2 we have the incredible artist team behind gelato series 2 stargaze kingdom you know, from their amazing hit series, Goody versus Baddie. So I kind of wanted to open it up to uh, to them. Hey, how are you guys doing? Oh, yeah, I, I hear you fine, Reggie. Hey, man, how's it going? Oh, there Thanks it is. for having us. So, I don't know how to... Dude, of course, thank you guys so much for joining. Yeah, no, kind of late, sorry about that, but, you know, work stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. And I hear you, man, we, we always got plenty to talk about, but I'm so happy now we're going to talk about what people are here to hear. You know, how the hell did you guys create this amazing looking collection. Like I'm still blown away. Like gelato series one. Awesome. Love the art blew me away, but I was like, how do we make this better? And I couldn't even picture it. And the first time I saw samples from what you guys made and what we have now, like I still can't believe that like it's fucking ours. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, to be honest, uh, I think, uh, we don't believe it ourselves to be honest. Uh, but I think it helped with giving with our collection. We had some practice. I mean, if you see our stuff from the beginning to where we ended up, I mean, by the time we got to the gelato, we had already had practice. Like I said, we divided the work between me doing the drawings uh, and Scooby animating and just creating a workflow, really, because, yeah, it, it was a whole different ballpark when we we're doing our, our, our stuff. So, yeah, no, I think we surprised ourselves. And I really like how the little character came out to be the gelato, uh, the overall. And 
by the time we got to the one to ones, I mean, like I said, I had a lot of fun with her just because. Well, I don't know if you previewed it, but one of the cones was even upside down, so that freedom was pretty good to just, you know, thank you for that. You know, I I hear that comment from a lot of NFT artists. It's like you know. You'd think the easy stuff, like we're going to make these things, we're going to give them poses and traits, you know, and turn out a bunch of NFTs. But like, everyone's like, I love the chance to exercise my creativity, to make like these, you know, 10 unique one-on-ones. That was my favorite part of designing the collection. And it's like, that's like the hardest part. That's like the, the most work for the least NFTs. And we hear that from all the artists. It's like, that's my favorite part of, you know, making the collection was those one-on-ones. I mean, I feel like one of the things I really loved about you guys in, the, in this current collection is the amount of detail per NFT. Like there's an NFT where there's a character in an underground poker room, right? And behind them is like a leaky faucet just dripping water. Or there's an NFT by the pool with the ball floating around and stuff like that. Just so many people focus on the primary NFT, but you guys literally made use of the entire canvas, the character, the background, the items. You know, we came to you, we're like, hey, we really want one piece to be our special one-on-ones. But then you guys added Naruto and other cool, like, you know, pop culture stuff to the NFTs. And man, just, it's, it's still mind blowing. And our community, they're just going crazy for it, man. Like I can't wait for March 1st for us to actually start minting and see what people get. You know, that reception was great. I gotta say when, uh, cause it's, I guess also that's, that's always, uh, I don't know, like the, what do you call it? The hesitation, you know, the reception that people are going to get for, for what you're doing. And, uh, well, the whole One Piece kind of gave us a whole anime idea. And I know we added uh, the Akatsuki robe and Naruto and stuff like that. And, yeah, like I said, um, we did preview some on our, you know, behind the scenes with the squadron. You know, like I guess our our early on supporters or more dedicated supporters and the feedback was nice. So we knew we had something going, you know. And, yeah, like I said, um the good part was that you guys entrusted us and gave us that freedom because all the parameters were given was just party for 20 and just the one-to-ones really. And anything after that, which kind of went on, you know, up to us. And yeah, no, like I said, I, everything I've seen so far, the reception that we got in for them, it's, it's been great. I mean, can't complain about that. I'm just, I'm just glad you guys liked it and get the feedback from everybody else seems to be on board. I think that's another big thing that I really loved about you guys. As you mentioned, we didn't really give you guys any guardrails. We didn't say, hey, this is how it should be, include all this crazy stuff. We literally gave you a couple of high-level stuff, and you guys did such incredible work. You know, when we originally found your series, Goody vs. Baddie, like, I loved the artwork. And I was like, hey, this, the moment I saw that collection, I was like, I want these guys to be, you know, doing our series at some point. So the fact that you guys exercised all that freedom, produced something that's killer, like, yeah, and the fact that each and every single NFT is animated, like, that's crazy. Not just the rare one or the cool ones. Literally all of them are fucking animated. Yeah, yeah. No, going back to that, uh, I don't remember when when we had just found out that you were rocking one of us. Uh, I think the, it was a princess that you were with the, with the castle well. And yep, Scooby yep. told me, it's like, yeah, it's like, Scooby's like, hey, you know, those gelato guys, they're, they're, they're using our stuff. I guess, you know, we did something good. And, but yeah, no, I didn't expect for, you know, for this to come out of that. I'm just glad you liked it. And well, I'm glad we were able to deliver something good for you guys too. Well, giving the artists like the space to like do what they do is kind of our thing. Like we love seeing what people come up with. We don't give them those guardrails. It was pretty, it was pretty awesome what you guys did. 
Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting it in the app too. You know, I, I had for this NFT raffle stuff I was doing, you know, I, I had to finally build some, some, uh, some code, you know, that'll let me display NFTs in the app. So, you know, I can see the path now to getting these, uh, NFTs as like user avatars, you know? So, um, that'll be really cool to see instead of using just like colors to, and, and wallet addresses, you know, to actually see these characters in there. Um, like for, for football squares, for example, one of the games we did a couple of weeks ago where you have this, like this grid and each, each square in the grid, each grid cell has different colors in it based on how many people bought the square instead of just seeing colors, you know, it's going to be awesome to see like colors plus some of these, um, uh nfts as you know players avatars and we'll just i'm i'm glad this is going to give everything a lot more personality not just colors but there's going to be these characters now everywhere i think i think the thing that oh sorry go ahead oh no uh, is my my microphone working now oh yeah. dude you sound fucking crystal clear it's perfect awesome uh yeah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i just wanted to uh, you know just kind of like talk about like what i you know what we were what I was trying to say, at least. Um, so, yeah, no, this is uh, Scooby with Stargaze Kingdoms. Um, yeah, so, you know, like, like, our, like we just really didn't know what to, like, like, like we didn't know how what to expect, you know, because it's like, and I, like, you know, we had, like, you know, Gelato make an ice cream on it, you know, an NFT out of an ice cream cone, essentially. And it's like, whoa, this is kind of crazy, you know? So we really didn't know how it was going to, you know, turn out. I mean, you know, we, we kind of had, like, you know, Vision and then, you know, Reggie, you know, he kind of used his creativity to come up with the character that you know that we have now and you know we just started adding traits and backgrounds and that, that's kind of like like what like what, what our design philosophy is it's like I, i'm a huge collector of NFTs. i have a crazy amount of them on stargates and so i always approach it as like a collector's point of view like there's, there's, there's a lot of projects that like, I'll look at and they'll be like, you know, they all look kind of the same or like, Hey, this project would have been awesome if they would have had like this cool background. And that's what like a, like a lot of, uh, like you mentioned, like just putting the details in the background, it's like, you get so many cool art, so much cool artwork. And then it's just like a flat, you know, basic color, you know, that they usually use for like, what, like crypto punks and such. It's just nothing. You know, so it's like you got all this real estate, all this canvas, do something with it. And that's what we, we essentially did. You know, we, we wanted to put all those little details in there and, you know, just re it really makes it pop in a way, you know, you just, and then we started animating it and it's like, holy crap, this is really cool. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's kind of like our end goal. Like when we design everything, it's like, we want everything to be cool, not just like the really special pieces. And, you know, when you mint one, we're, we want people to be happy with, you know, regardless if it's a low rank or, you know, something really rare. We want to make sure, hey, this is cool. I love this piece. You know, it, 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 and I feel like we really nailed it with this collection. You know, we, we did a lot of like traits that you don't really see. That, that like I kind of like, for example, you have like the Persona masks. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever played Persona 5, but they all wear like masks that they tear off. And then to summon like their monsters or, you know, I think they call them Personas now that I think about it. But yeah, no, that's like some of the stuff we wanted to put in, like traits that, that normally don't show up. 
Like, you know, you get like, you know, your usual or, or you know, we even did like uh, like Breath of the Wild. Like I've never seen a Breath of the Wild trait. And then they could put like a little uh, Triforce necklace in there. So it's like we were just trying to think of like really cool things that really stood out to us, like that we enjoyed doing as well. And we kind of just injected that into the project because, you know, we had a lot of creativity, freedom and, you know, just to go wild with it. Because, you know, you never really expect, like, how it's going to turn out. And then, like like Reggie said, we were just completely blown away, like, when we started seeing the characters animated and moving and, you know, everything just going off. And it's like, man, this is really cool. And I'm really excited to see this mint in, like, just people's general reception. I think something you said about, you know, even normal NFT feeling cool that's something I really loved about your original collection. That's something made me like want to reach out to you guys. Cause remember the first NFT I minted from your series was like a PFP I used for a while, like a skeleton princess or like a, you know, skeleton with a flower with a cool castle background. Like the moment I saw it, like invoked some type of feeling in me, I was like, damn, this is really fucking awesome. And then I minted a shit ton afterwards and each of them felt incredible. Like even though there's some score that says, Hey, this is rare. or This is rare. They all felt unique and amazing, and I'm glad that you guys captured that within the series. When I took a look at through all 420, there wasn't a single one I looked at. I was like, hey, damn, these two kind of look similar, or this one's kind of bland. Like, some people purposely make their energy kind of bland, so the rare ones seem, like, super rare. But everything in this collection is incredible. And, you know, Rusty, when we first teamed up, one of the things he said is when you create a NFT collection, you want to invoke some type of feeling, happiness, joy, you know, you want to feel like you really want to hold on to this, maybe pass it on. And I feel like you guys have done that with Gelato Series too. Like, I can't wait to mint a couple, whatever I get. I hope I'm lucky enough to pass it on to my kids at some point. And yeah, man, I'm still blown away, man. Save my stars now. I know man. those 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 one to ones. They're like they're off the hook. Like they're they're so incredibly cool. You know, I, I'm still impressed that Reggie, you know, managed to draw stuff like that. It it is it is so cool. I I can't even think like of you know my favorite one to ones. They're they're all just like so cool. Um, maybe maybe the clown, uh, the clown show one. That one is. <laughs> Uh, that one. Oh, I so love Buggy. Cool. That one came out so incredible, especially the background, the lights. Like you guys made Buggy look like Buggy. Like something I was curious about. Like how much of One Piece did you guys know about before actually doing the series? Because you guys like captured all the details so fucking head on. So I, I'm 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 I know the anime. Um, I never read the manga, but I watched. I think the first couple of seasons way long time ago because i i know they have a lot of episodes now right like in the thousands at this point it's still going yeah so i i think reggie's a little bit more familiar with it than me but we definitely know what one piece is and you know luffy and all that all the characters um you know i but yeah no we i've definitely watched the show so it's like i Reggie's the one that drew and I animated it, but you know we do have some history with the show. At least I do. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, it was absolutely incredible, like the way they turned out. And you know, we, we, of course, you know, we always do our we always do our research as well, you know, because we want to make sure we're trying to make it as accurate as possible while giving our own twist, and of course, in the gelato style, you know, that we came up with, with these characters. And 
and like you said you know like you really do get that feeling from these from these nfts like you know they look like they're a good time you know it's all about the fun and party and you know you also like even like the gambling aspect it's like like you said like you got like it like an underground poker tournament you know <laughs> like it, it's just it's fun looking you know you got like the little ashtray so it's like a little smoky you know <laughs> we just put like a lot of little details in like that or you I know think one have, of my like, favorite background is one of the characters or the characters are in a, a smoke shop there's like a bong there like a 420 sign and there's also a raw packet for like the wrappers and like the raw logo is actually like glowing I'm like damn that small detail of that thing glowing <laughs> really makes the whole thing like really pop well and in that background one of my favorite pieces was that i was actually able to pull it off was a puff peak in the corner i don't know if you, if you know what that is but that i was i was impressed by like i impressed myself with that piece and it's so tiny and it just it looks so cool but yeah the, the one thing at least with this with everything that we did for as simple as they are we try to do some type of animation and i know we had um or like I had the the idea of separating the the backgrounds into three different things, either a scene, uh, something like I remember she says uh, trippy psychedelic. I know Scooby did some some of those, and then the the neon line uh, neon light signs that we did. But uh, you know that weed shop is pretty cool though. Um, at least anybody that's you know into weed and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure they're gonna spot a few things like you said, the rotary and everything. Oh, uh, the moment I saw those things, I knew it. That's why, as a long time, you know, pot enthusiast, you know, like you guys did it. Like I really wanted something that was like really four twenty themed party casinos, and ultimately, ice cream is a good time. People love ice cream, and you guys somehow managed to take those four elements and literally put it into every single fucking NFT. I had my doubts at first. I was telling Risby on our first NFT series, like one piece is just niche anime stuff, like. Not everyone's into like 420. Like this is going to be like you know some really weird edge case niche stuff, and like everyone ended up loving it. Like Rispy was right. I know nothing. Yeah, it's all about the cool art, Reggie. I'm kind of curious to ask you since you know since you guys did all these amazing One Piece one uh, ones, which one was your favorite? Which one like blew your fucking mind? And I, honestly, I don't know if I could answer to just the one specific one. Uh, if I had to choose, I don't know why the kid. It's 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 just it calls me. I don't know why the the, uh, the robotic arm. Just I, I don't know. I think that'll be my favorite out of all of them. I think he definitely Eustace kid probably is the best. The way his arm is separate, it's glowing. It has a very like Mega Man type feel to it. I 100% agree with you. I think that one. And uh, Gecko Moria, the shadow guy with the uh, bath. Yeah. Those are yeah, probably yeah. like my two favorite one in the whole fucking collection. Yeah, I actually, about for the Gecko Moria, I was, I was a little bit on the fence because since I seen the character, like like the character, like the shape of him, I'm like, this thing has to be upside down. And I was, in, I was on the fence about it until I, because like I said, that's like the actual template. The only thing I changed for that was, quote unquote, the ice cream part of it. But underneath all of that is, is the same template, same cone and everything. It just, Gave it the round sphere for the ice cream, and yeah, no, that that thing came out amazing. Even the background. Yeah, I still remember the first one to one you guys ever showed us was uh, Luffy's brother Ace. For people who don't know, he had like fire powers. He kind of looks like a cowboy. And the moment I saw that, I was like, "Damn, these guys fucking got it!" Like every one on one you guys made after Ace was just just incredible, one after another. 
but I don't know if a lot of people have seen Ace or not, but he's awesome. The flames look incredible. And he has an iconic hat with like a little blue smiley face or something. You guys just nailed all the one piece detail just so incredibly well. Yeah, no, a lot of that I, I did have to, like I said, I had I brought a picture and used it for reference. And like, like I said, uh, yeah, at least for the ones to ones, I wanted to capture their essence to the most minuscule detail. And honestly, I can't recall what was it, but I know there was a few things that I couldn't really replicate. But I try to replicate as much as I can because of the canvas size. But yeah, no, once we had the final product and animated and everything, yeah, no, like I said, I think they all came out exceptionally well, like I said. So funny, funny question, but like before NFTs, were you like a graphic artist or a regular kind of artist beforehand? No, no, I had a few drawings that I, that I did like, you know, like sketch pencil and paper, no color, nothing. Just, I, I was always, you know, had an affinity for drawing, but never really pursued it in any type of way. This has always been like the coolest thing for me. Cause like, you know, there are artists and then like NFTs came out and like, you know, I always thought that like people who were artists in the real world would like, you know, start making NFT art, but like NFTs open up this new world of people who are like just good with computers and good with generating art using cool computer techniques. It's almost like a whole new medium. It's always been kind of cool to me like that. Yeah, the uh, like the closest that we do to drawing is, well, I mean, we don't we don't draw like uh, artwork and stuff. Like our daily job is that we we do um, we're drafting engineers, our BIM coordinators. So, you know, we kind of took a lot of that discipline because when when you do the engineering work, you have to be extremely detailed in like all your drawings. So we basically make like the blueprints and construction documents, you know, for like Arctic architects and stuff. So it's like all of that stuff has to be perfect. So we kind of really apply a lot of that discipline into what we do, like all the little details, everything has to be perfect because, you know, like once it's on chain, it's on chain and like, that's it, you know? So we try to like, just try to be perfectious because that's what we have to do daily on, you know, just every day. That actually makes so much sense. Like back in the day before I like drank too much and party too much and ended up in law school, I was an engineering major in college and ended up having to change and be a science major. But like, I took some engineering drafting courses, and what you said makes so much sense for like you know, like engineering drafting turning into NFT work. Like that, that's a great segue. I'm still surprised that you guys said you guys really weren't like doing art stuff before coming here, because I just always assumed, based off what I'm seeing, there's like no way that you guys haven't been creating crazy shit for the last like five or ten years, and finally you take all that amazing skills and you go into NFTs, like. That's a really mind blowing fact. Like you guys are amazingly talented. Oh, well, thank you. But uh, yeah, no, like I said, it just I got a few sketches. I know that I showed in our in our channel, but like I said, nothing nothing to the extent. This this is kind of where where me and Scooby were like, yeah, hey, you know, let's let's give it a shot. I mean, we've seen a lot of these these projects here, and yeah, I mean, yeah, we thought we could do a little bit better, you know. And yeah, we wanted to. We wanted to build a community where we wouldn't leave per se, because we've been part of a few communities that just kind of dissolve or get rugged and whatnot. So we're like, yeah, let's try and do something better. And I told Scooby's like, I don't know how to draw. I'm like, I'll do it. And you do the, the computer stuff and we'll get something done. So yeah, no, it, I'm, I don't know. We pulled it off. People like our stuff. And like I said, I'm, I'm just really happy that people like the gelato stuff too. Well, you I mean, guys... just, just, no, go on, Rizby. 
No, no, go ahead, try. It's like the, like the straight up drawing, like, okay, it's an ice cream cone, it's holding a one piece weapon, it's smiling at me, you know, like, that's all fine and good, but like, you guys would be attention to detail, like every little thing in the background, like stuff in the corners, dripping faucets, like, just a little stuff, like, that's what makes things jump out a little bit, like, you know, just an ice cream cone smiling at me, that's been, that's been done, but like, all the little stuff, like, is what makes it art as opposed to just like, you know, a, a picture. Well, yeah, and, and uh, you know, I can see the engineering side that you, you guys were talking about. There's, there's also there's the image, but then there's also the kind of the the balance of colors and the the you know chaos versus the simplicity, and everything seems really well balanced. And like you're saying, there's a, a enormous diversity between all the different NFTs, and they look really great together. You know, I I'm really tempted to make some kind of marketing site for it, you know, just to be able to display it in a, gi a gigantic canvas, showing them all animated, all next to each other in the, the huge, you know, mosaic or something. Because they, um, you already said all this, but they're they're all very unique and they definitely don't have that phenomenon of you see another NFT series where it's basically like a very, you know, static, uh, simple background with just some, you know, one of the one of the layers changed here or there. You can tell that each one of these things, a lot of, a lot of attention has gone into, you know, all of the different ingredients, you know, that, that make them. So, yeah. And we didn't even have any crazy timeline. I remember when this project first started, you know, we're like, hey, when do you guys want to have this done by? We're like, yeah, you know, whenever, maybe in a couple of months or whatnot. And ultimately it kind of paid off. Like this, this collection wasn't in any rush. All the time was given so much love was given the product that came out as you said daniel just fucking great well absolutely you know it's it, it was a lot of fun working on because you know when we like when we started i think i think we I, I don't know i don't know if reggie still has it but um he showed me like the original base i think he came up with for the gelato cone and oh like, i remember that person cone yeah yeah the purple cone i think like compared that to like now because that that's like that's like a lot of like what it goes into our design process like you know like i like he'll start making the base he'll send over the file like for the base i'll start making traits he starts making traits you know he's you know be, be, he be, so i'm better at like at the animation part of it so i usually have him just like just crank out traits you know put in that attention to detail that he needs and let me worry about the animation part but like in between i'll start making like my own traits and layers and stuff like that you know my own backgrounds and you know just uh you know just because you know just like i get inspired like you know i'll i'll, I'll have a joint you know and then you know and i'll say like i'll be like oh this would be amazing and i think that's how the persona stuff came about so, like I, I've never seen like some of these traits in any collections anywhere, and you know, it was just exciting to do stuff. You know, just like the Breath of the Wild thing. Um, I think the the Akatsuki, uh, like that, like we had this idea. Like I came, like I don't know if it was mine or Reggie's idea, but we're like, hey, when's if we kind of put clothes on them, but we called them like wrappers. So that's kind of like how the whole wrapper um, trait category came about, and they're like. And then we're just like, hey, let's let's start adding this and that around, you know, it, you know, we, we wanted to keep everything kind of like like ice cream cone themed, you know, like like the like the flavors of the of the gelato. You know, we actually called that flavors. And then we added like, uh, I you know, I think Reggie went to like he just Googled it and he just came up with like 
all these different gelato flavors. And then, you know, he basically just made them based off of that. And then I think, I don't know how many flavors of gelato that we ended up with, but there, I, there's quite a few of them. And then we added like little special ones. I think we added like a, like a, like a gelato mix, you know, <laughs> but those ones are kind of like, you know, just something we just did for fun that like, I think it like flashes colors and glows and stuff just to add like a little bit of, uh, you know, a little fun, like, those ones are like more of the rare traits because we wanted to keep those a little bit special. But, you know, we that's the kind of stuff we would just come up with. You know, hey, this would be really cool and interesting to see. Let's do it. You know, let, let's, you know, we'll we'll just get home after work and just start drawing stuff and let that creativity, you know, just kind of, kind of come out. And, you know, it, it really reflected in the product, I think. You know, they, they, they just came out phenomenal. And that's one of the things that we really try to hit home is like we want all of them to feel unique um, they're almost like honestly they're almost like one-to-ones and we get that like comment a lot you know people will come in they'll they'll buy like a stargaze kingdom and they'll be like i've never seen like anything like this this is completely 100 percent unique compared to like or they'll mint like five and all five of them are 100 percent different so that's, Dude, that's really the same thing happened to me i think like one of the craziest like uh combinations that i've seen on gelato series two is there's a character that has like on a goku outfit but he has on like a leprechaun or saint patty's day hat and his head is like a gumball slash purplish just that combination it might sound crazy but it works like it looks so well put together and as you said like your collection each of them look like 101 gelato series two each of them truly feel like a very unique and independent uh piece yeah like yeah like the whole like the like the like the goku you know i just i was like hey when's you know like you know usually like like you know like dragon ball z you'll get like like a goku hair or something like that but it's like or you know like or just like the static orange outfit so it's like hey when's if we when's if we had it like flash yellow as if it's going super sane or when's if we had uh i think we put in the the goku black outfit too Yep. And that's like, yeah, like the kind of like the gray uh, outfit that he wears. And we had that flash like to the rosé color that he does. So it's like it was just like a lot of little details that are just kind of cool. Like, hey, this this uh, this this gelato cone, it's going super saiyan. Exactly. Just so wonderful. And before we like sort of get to the end of the podcast, going to give people a quick details about the launch date. Uh, so gelato series one. The whitelist is going live March 1st. It's going to be about 5,000 stars, which is equivalent to 125 USD. Uh, whitelist is going to stay open for 24 hours. And on March 2nd, public sale is going to open. It's going to be about for 8,000 stars, $200 USD. And again, these things, there isn't a lot of them. They're really beautiful. And before we sort of get to the end, uh, you know, Reggie, you guys, Scooby, you guys killed it. Anything you guys want to talk about for, about your project or anything you guys are doing after this, you know, let us know. Let us know how we can get involved. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, do, you, do you want us to, I don't know, Reggie, do you want us to kind of hint like what we kind of been, well, I mean, we can kind of talk about like the burn idea that we're going to do. So what, so as part of our project that we were, um, we're, we we basically stake all royalties, all stars, and we have like a pretty huge treasury now, now that we minted out. And we're basically, what we were doing was we were taking that, that APR that was generated and we were basically 
um, buying the floor. Uh, and we, we accumulated like about 255 uh, baddies. So what we want to do is we want to start reducing the supply, but we don't want to do like a straight burn. So, so our idea was we want to do like an, like an AI, like smash bros tournament or an AI, like dragon ball Z tournament. Cause I don't know if you ever seen like those, like on Twitch, they'll have like little AI computer tournaments where they just essentially just fight. So yeah, we wanna, be cool. yeah. So we want to kind of do something like that, but instead of just like, just burning everything straight, we want like, for example, we, we might have like a, like a little pot and then people can bet on like which character they want to win. And then if, you know, if they win, you know, they bet on the character they want, we'll attach like one of the baddies. Like we'll, we'll say like, Hey, I want like Goku and I want this baddie from the bank attached to it, you know? So then that'll be essentially that avatar for Goku. And then if they win the tournament, we want to basically give them like a champion version of it. And we're, we're kind of working out like the fine details, but we might even do it like as, uh, uh, the the bitcoin uh ordinances so we've been kind of exploring with that a little bit by putting some baddies on um bitcoin itself so it's no longer like an ipfs it actually lives on the blockchain itself so that's that's kind of like where the where the direction we're kind of exploring like with like just having fun with like you know this big amount of supply that we minted Dude, I don't think anyone has done anything like this within Stargaze, within other like NFT, uh, you know, communities. This is huge, man. Like, I'm very pumped about this and can't wait to see, like, you know, all these NFTs fighting each other. Well, I'm planning on doing a test run this weekend. So if anybody is around and the idea behind it is that you don't have to be around. You just got to select it and forget about it. We'll run the fight. We'll stream it on our Discord. So if you guys want to stop by and watch or stuff like that, um, that's essentially what, what we're planning on doing. So I might run a little test run, see how it works, and maybe do the official run uh, next week where we're actually going to, quote-unquote, risk the actual, actual NFCs for burn. But I don't know. I might Dude, that sounds awesome. I can't wait to stop by and see this in action. Same. Yeah. So Daniel's got to run and like keep promises to his wife. But um, does anybody from the community want to jump up? Anyone have any questions, concerns, comments? And Daniel, sorry that we're keeping you up uh, from your marital duties. Uh, and if you got to go, you got to go. We'll probably wrap it up soon. But overall, I'm really happy. All the products we're making with Gelato Series 2 is coming out. I'm glad this train is continuously moving all the time. Makes me happy. Yeah, all I got to add to that, Daniel, if you do make that site where, you know, put them mm -hmm. all bouncing side to side, me and Scooby get a kick out of it. Just let, it, let, it, let us know. Send us a link when you can get it done, if you do it. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, I was just thinking of, like, so, some marketing site where you get to see, like, a, a huge gallery of it and then, you know, links to the uh, the marketplace, something like that. Well, I don't say, Reggie, Scooby, you guys will forever be immortalized within the Gelato ecosystem. To us, our entire NFT ecosystem is built around Series 1, Series 2, Series 3. And the fact that we had not do the first series, you guys do the second series, and Woman of Cosmos is doing the third series. Like, this is, I am beyond happy with what's going on. So before we end it, you know, Reggie, Scooby, try Daniel, if you guys want to say anything else, you know, say it now, and then we'll call it. And thank you for everyone who joined. 
man. We are a, a veritable who's who list of like Cosmos NFTs, aren't we? We definitely are. I just want to say thank you for the opportunity. I'm glad everybody, you know, that seen it is getting giving us a, you know, a warm, you know, feedback. It, you know, that they like it enough, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's it for me. Thank you guys. Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, you know, like Reggie said, you know, thank you for the opportunity. It, the 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 end product is has been absolutely phenomenal from like the original concept to the finished product. It's it really has been mind blowing that we just took an ice cream cone essentially and just made it into our own thing, its own character. It's it, they really are impressive looking. Like just the crazy amount of combinations. I'm I'm really excited to see like when people mint one or even just browsing the gallery. They're so cool to look at. Like that was one of the the most coolest things I thought because I watch Hubble tools a lot. You know, just for new cool projects for deals that come up because I love collecting, you know, the NFTs on Stargaze. And like whenever like someone minted like a roll of like baddies, you would just see them dancing on the screen. It was just like, man, that is so cool. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just really like like the whole animation and the moving parts and the characters. They really do add a lot of detail and, you know, just depth to the actual NFT itself. It's, it's, it's really mind blowing. Like, just the amount of combinations that are possible with you know the gelatos alone because we really put a lot of time and effort into the trait the, the traits and just the details you know we just wanted everyone to come away satisfied you know that they meant one and hey this one is so cool this is like mine you know it's completely 100 unique and that's what i want people to you know come away from you know hey this is this is a this this like you said the, the nft should invoke some kind of feeling and i really do feel like we 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 hit that with these it's like they're just they're they they're just happy you know they're they're really cool and you know that's what i look for as a collector myself and you know that i really hope that you know people take that away from you know when they even if they don't like mint them just looking at them as an artwork standpoint they're just really cool because I, I could go on and talk about this ever but you know um i i i couldn't agree more i'm gonna end it by saying two things the first one is stargate's kingdom you know without a doubt i would say you guys are in the top five of like best artists in this fucking ecosystem. Like the type of work you guys produce, the love and care you put into it, it shows there's nothing else like it. You guys are incredible. And the second thing, I think the, the most favorite trait that I love that you guys put in, if, any, if anyone watches Phineas and Ferb, which is a cartoon show on Disney Channel, there was actually a platypus called Perry the Platypus. And a few of the NFTs actually have Perry as the hat. When I first saw that and the way his eyes opened up and stuff, I was like, bro, like, I love this fucking show. But with that, I'm not going to say any more. I can't wait for this collection to come out next week. And with that, we'll end it here. Thank you guys so much for all this incredible work you have done. And thank you to everyone who's attended and listened. I will talk to you guys later. Have a great night. Later, everyone. All right. See you guys later. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Gelato Series 2 Artist Talk, recorded on Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now.
Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way Resuscitating major players in the waiting room Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom Slayed a few in my early years, often hit the shroom Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news To let us know what we should believe as the latest truth Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role Sorting through support from your endorsements Of course we're tripping balls, handed reports in The latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the lash, letting rhythm scratch No shit, spitting facts with my vision smash Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastise into digging holes in the back nine The latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of peck of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two, show me what that thing could do Two plus two, show me what that thing could do Two plus two, show me what that thing could do Two plus two Ten spaces.